Welcome to Starfleet Universe On Call. I am Paul France, owner of France Games. I run SFB Online, FedCom Online, and Starfleet Warlord. Just a reminder how to join us. We have TalkCast every Thursday night starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can either call on the phone, just dial 605-562-0444, just follow the directions. And the call ID is 17702. Or you can participate on the web. Just go to the TalkShoe website at www.talkshoe.com. Search for call ID 17702. Or search for Starfleet Universal on Call or SFU on Call. You should, any of those should on that website should be able to find us. And of course, if you want the best video and audio experience live, I would definitely go to twitch.tv. Yes, go to twitch.tv slash SFU on call, and you will find us there. And you'll be able also to join our wonderful, wonderful chat room, which they'll be happy to say, hello, get lost. No, <laughs> no, they're, they're very, they're a very kind group. And of course, you need to contact me for any reason. My email address is sfuoncall at gmail.com. That's S-F-U-O-N-C-A-L-L at gmail.com. Also, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my account there is also sfuoncall. And my personal account is Paul Franz. And of course, my business account is Franz Game. And that's why Twitter still exists. And of course, this lovely talk cast gets turned to a podcast available on iTunes and various other feeds around Net. Some quick news from ADB this week. It's actually pretty quiet, but just a reminder that ADB did move to a new hosting provider. And just a note that I noticed that one thing that um, Gene mentioned, which was that um, unless ADB actually decides to drop, drop their discussion boards, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Um, they will never be uh, a website that actually uses HTTPS because yes, the discussion board software is that old um, where that that software does not support HTTPS. My my guess is that, you know, that they have hard-coded the protocol for any links, any redirections, any of that kind of thing. So it's it's not um in the works at the moment so unfortunately it's going to be non it's going to be http for um probably until <laughs> until everything this completely implodes including the internet um and found on the online store this week was the the tholian master starship book yes the actual they have a physical copy of the book it's they're selling it for $24.95. This is the ninth volume of in the long anticipated Master Starship book series. Now it includes every Tholian and Neotholian ship in Starfleet battles, including X ships, general units that are specific to the Holy Tholian holdfast. They're also this also includes information about the Tholians. During the earlier per period when they first arrived in the Milky Way galaxy, and every ship is illustrated, all updates, corrections, and errata have been added. The ships are in order, regardless of the product they came from, with the enhanced format listing detailed information in a consistent manner. And of course, just a reminder this does not have the SSDs. Moving on and forward, um, when it comes to the online client, not much happening there. Um, when it comes to the SAB Online tournaments, 
Tarment. Sapphire Star is 14. We still have um seven. You know, actually, I didn't check that, um, to be honest. I think, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, round one is complete, and um, I am waiting for Stephen McCann to get back to me on when we can play. I told him that I'm available Friday, then I'm available Saturday. I'm hoping that I emailed him today. I think it was today. I'll just say today. And ask him if he's available tomorrow, because I'd like to, to play tomorrow night, which would be fantastic. Um, we could do it Saturday, but we definitely would have to take a break around 4 o'clock because I have some place to be at 4 o'clock. And if we want to, after that, we could play again Saturday night, and I'll be happy to, to do that after I make supper for my family and we eat. Um, that is the news for this week. And it's me, so yes, the one and the only Paul Friends welcoming you to Starfleet Universe on call. And tonight, well, we have Doug. Say hey, Doug. Hello. How y'all doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Oh, come on. Uh, guys, this is not the time I want, I want to see that. Okay. So I'm just bringing up Twitch on my iPad. What's that? Oh, it, it said something about something with iOS. Not sure what what it, what it said. I didn't, I didn't have time to read it, and I'm a very slow reader, so I was like, I don't have time. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll pop up again sometime. But anyway, okay, Twitch looks good because I always like to see what I'm actually sending out. You know, and, and this is I've one I've one screen. I don't have dual monitors at all because just because. I don't have room for them in the small little office space I have, you know, and I see no reason why to actually set up a second one. Cause I have, this is my corner for my personal computing. And for those people who are watching the video, they can see on the other corner, they'll see a, a, a um, possibly you'll see the monitor and also another computer. But well, that computer, that's my, that corner over there, that's my work area where I actually go to my day job. So I, I, I'm one of those people who firmly believes in the whole idea of separating work and, and pleasure or, you know, personal and, and actually your, your day job and not have the same computer for both. Not that don't have in pot and also don't have the same place for both you know i not one of those people that actually would work on work at, you know at home well for work on the kitchen table no that's not what you do at least not for me that that, that doesn't work i need that mental separation and of course this moving it what um what what maybe six feet between the two spaces that's good enough for me the the to feel like I'm different environment and so forth, different different mind space. And just Iggy, just to let you know, the topic for this evening is going to be the uh, module R for J, the Romulan alternate history, um, which is interesting. Actually, I had a chance to 
to actually sit down and read through the whole thing um, over this past weekend. So actually, it's, it's some interesting ideas for um, alternate histories and how things came to be for, for the Romulans. And let me go, let me bring up the, the, the PDF. I'm not, I'm not showing that at the moment on the screen. At the moment, I don't see any reason to actually show it on the video. Um, if there is, I will definitely do so. Do so, but at the moment, there's no reason. Um, but definitely, the a you know a to b comes up with you know there are a few ideas when it comes to an alternate history. And, and the one, the three things that that um, points out from the from the beginning, which is okay, there are three broad ways that the Romans could have gained warp technology earlier than they did in the original history. One, develop it. Two, buy it. Or three, find slash capture it. And the one thing that seemed evident through reading everything uh that was that is in this module um buying it is a tough one um meaning that that that's the one that they it seems like a to b feels like is the least likely for it to happen um because definitely one thing that they that was brought up about the whole idea of buying it um, was to, to get to that point and have it so it occurs earlier than basically buying it, getting it, acquiring it from the Klingons as part of the treaty at, uh, let me see if I can, um, Shmarba. Um, and they get, get it, so they got earlier than that. Um, one of the ways that was possible, but very unlikely to occur, which was the the um, Orions, because of. Uh, well, let me see. Do I do I know that I? I'm just wondering if they have it here. Okay, yeah. Uh, um, now, okay, this is what they mentioned about the buying adoption. The obviously the primary examples they bought from the Klingons. Um, another example is uh, sorry, I apologize. Uh, another possibility could have that Ramis buying warp technology from the Federation Gorns or Jindarians who have somehow. Completely disenchanted enough with the situation that they were, they wanted to affect the Romulans or um, acquire in, in from a random Orion pirate who decides he wants to retire to Romulan riches. Um, and but the one thing that was mentioned about the buy option when it comes to the Orions is that most probably the Orions would not be very happy at all of any Orion who actually sold um, the warp technology to the Romulans because otherwise the as soon as the um, the Romulans 
start finding the Orions. You know, they 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 find the the, the Orion incursions in their own territory. They're going they they attack them, and they the earlier that occurs, the less less of a buildup of riches that the Orions can take advantage of while the Orions are still running around in a pre-warp, a pre-tactical warp um, society. Um, some of the, actually, some of these um, alternate histories are quite interesting. Um, one, uh, is, is this the one? Just give me a sec. Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this the, okay, I just want to double check. Right, okay, this is the one. This is the one. Um, which was one of the ones which is not, it's develop it, which is develop it earlier than that. And, and the key point here is that, okay, the Romulans, okay, obviously the one of the biggest issues that the Romulans have overall when it comes to technology at all and, and, um, scientists and um getting you know doing all the research is the houses of the different romulan um not lords but the the, the different ha romulan houses and they're always in competition with, with each other even though the emperor might say cut it out we need to work together on this now the one thing that 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 was mentioned as part of of the, the actual history of the Romulans is that the reason why warp technology, ta tactical warp technology took so long to develop was because of this rivalry between the houses. And what would happen is that the, one of the houses would actually leak the information to the Gorns. So the Gorns would then attack another house's research lab and and therefore um especially in, uh, there was a, a particular instance um in da, 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 in why in y67 where they were uh the gorns were doing raids against the romulans to keep the um Keep the research, you know, kept, you know, keep down the research, make sure that, you know, that the research didn't go forward so that, you know, that the Gorns could then keep, you know, make sure that the Romans could not um, get tactical warp, in which case it would be a bad thing for the Gorns. Um, and one of the suppositions of, okay, uh, which actually they go in, in quite length of if this happens, then in this case, there was one critical um, raid that happened that stopped them in their tracks because of the critical information required to make the next leap. Because normally research takes like 10 years to, to develop everything that's required Versus, and it's mentioned in this in the um, in the beginning of the module, which is, if you buy it, it only, it only takes you five years. It's a it's shorter term, it's a short 
shorter up, uptake on it. Then you got the research, which takes 10 years while acquiring it. Um, uh, I think that was also five years. Let me just double check. And just, bum, bum, bum. just give me a second. It's about 10 years. No, after they found or captured. Um, which is another one, which is interesting. Um, Because it, 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 it it mentions one of the scenarios where I'll, 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 get, I'll get to that in a moment. Let's, let's stick with currently the, what's called the failed raid, um, which is also in history. The, it's, this is mentioned here in the original history. The raids had varying degrees of success. This is talking about the, the raids that started in Y67. And the primary one that ended up stopping the active um, research, research into tactical warp succeeded in this history the raid failed and since the raid failed the Romans were able to complete the research and trials and new development uh, allowing the development of the tactical warp energy um, engines for their ships now given that um, what happens actually with this what it says for the failed raid um da, 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 da. here it is uh, um mentions the the failed raid it says while most of the raids were successful the most important one in this alternate uh, alternative was not the house and trades was tipped off that another house was going to conduct a raid while they did not know about the gorn raid they were accidentally prepared for it they duplicated the lab in an undisclosed location, saved all the results and discoveries in real time. They moved the actual research to another location and replaced them with more junior researchers. They increased security. When the attackers turned out to be Gorns, the defenders were surprised, but they were more than ready to fight back. And this, delay, this delayed the Gorn team enough that they were still fighting when the other houses' attack team arrived because Roman Raid was was expected that the defenders were able to maneuver both attackers in direct conflict, allowing defenders to stop both raids, allowing, although with very heavy losses, even though no longer necessary, the original lab was preserved and able to resume operation with the lab largely intact. Enough evidence was found to implement the guilty houses, and with the preservation of lab research results and the researchers the progress in warp technology was preserved. This caused the Emperor to redirect more resources into warp technology and force all houses to work together. The Emperor also re redirected resources away from the research of the masking device, although that effort was not entirely killed. Um, and so it goes, what happens then is a, a talking about the whole, um, what the effect of that is. That since it's it, instead of failing, it succeeded. Um, the Gorn still won the second Gorn Romulan War. Um, and it's mentioned how the Gorns were being pressured. But and the thing is, why 672 Romans have full W tech fleets, which is warp fleets, you know, with the, taking the pre warp ships and retrofitting them. Um, it just mentioned during this time they did not have any 
kind of tactical advantage over Gorns, so they did not launch a full-scale war, but contented themselves with the border skirmishes and raids. These exercises allowed the Romulans to gain valuable combat experience with warp-powered sh warp ships, which makes sense. And this also served to warn the Gorns of the significant improvements of capabilities of the Romulan ship and their raiding efforts. And the funny part is about the case, this goes through this, the whole, uh, and in this case, it doesn't really change history all that much um, for this one. Um, da, 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 da. Um, it just means that the Romans took some more of the um, the territory originally, but still, you know, the, the big other than the tactical warp, the other thing that really um, pushed the Romulans forward in the technology, obviously, was the warp, you know, plasma torpedoes moving from nuclear missiles to plasma torpedoes that could go at, at, you know, at warp speed. And but the thing is, that part did not was not um, improved better, you know, quite more quickly. So it didn't really, um, at least in this timeline, it really didn't help the, the Romulans all that much when it comes to you know being able to take over more things and so forth. Um, and the, uh, the previous remnants are destroyed still by, by the Gorns um, and, and so forth. Uh, I'll, I'll keep so, but this it goes through a really good um, example of this. And the thing is, the Treaty of, of Shmarba, um it wasn't as big of a deal because the Klingons, you know. Why um, one fifty nine the Treaty of Shmarba, the Klingons reached out to to the Romans and were willing to make a deal. They, this worked well for the Romans as it gave them an ally. They felt now felt they needed, which kept them from being so isolated. The Klingons were willing to offer ships, technology experts, and trade. The Romans had no need for ships, but did realize they could use technology technological infusion. And trade profits after a year of negotiation to Smarba, they gave Romans access to Klingon technology, and many technical experts with giving them, giving the Klingons access to Romulan model technology. The the Romans, of course, refused to share cloaking technology. Um, it mentions here that the net result of this treaty was that the Romans were able to significantly modernize their fleet. This paid immediate benefit and laid the foundation. That would come the Hulk series, um, and as I mentioned, it it really didn't change that much of the war. The the it's just, it's just noting here that um, that the Gorns end up with a, with a bigger fleet as they had much more dangerous neighbor because of they had tactical warp, and the Y one o five plasma reef occurred much earlier. In Y92, so it so because of um, the tactical warp, it actually it, it implemented them sooner 
but it really didn't help all that much. Um, all the ship dates remain the same. This means that some Y-Tech ships get in plasma and Y, sorry, W-Tech ships get seeking plasma and Y-Tech ships always had seeking plasma. And in the middle of gears, the need for a heavy combat unit to counter the war vulture caused the Gorns to make that earlier, early dreadnought, which pre, previously um, was just speculation. And in this saying that, you know, they did it in, in this scenario, they actually did create those early year um, dreadnoughts. Um, and as I mentioned here, you know, the, oddly, the wars, the Gorns and the Wyoms fought ended up being broadly similar with the same results. The primary difference was that more ships and more vastly more lives were lost on both sides um, in, the, in these conflicts. And also neither power ever tried to flank the other. The Gorns simply wanted the Romans to stop and the Romans were, mis were mysteriously focused on conquering the Gorns. And the Romans apparently felt that with uh, as dangerous as an enemy as the Gorns still around, they did not need to find any more and did not need the Federation involved. As a result, the Gorns did not meet the Federation until they would in the original. Unlike the, but I also mentioned, unlike the, the Peruvians live alternate histories, the Gorns did not become a hardened warrior culture, even though they had more intense wars and greater loss of life. Um, because of technologies advances on the Romans, their culture was fundamentally the same. Yes, Kitty. Yes, something I can help you with. Sorry, I got my little boo boo kitty. Okay, I hate to do this, but I gotta let you go. Ow. That was good. That was not good. Excuse me, when I reattach everything to my. Headphones. Right was right. And left with left. Oops. Okay. That is a better. Make sure, okay, everybody's still around. Just want to make sure they did not lose anybody. Correct, correct, Dave. Um, and yeah, don't, yeah, in, th in this history, yeah, um, as they had no reason for any of the Klingon built ships. In this alternate history that I was just describing, um, Dave, just to let you know, um, and definitely uh, for those, I, I definitely think that um, I'll mention this now, and I'll probably mention it again. Which I really think the, the you should get the um, R4J module at the very least in the ebook form and read it because it's I 
I definitely, I, I, one thing I definitely enjoy, enjoyed reading through these alternate histories is the thought process that starts at the beginning of this whole document, which talks about, okay, this is some of the ramifications for this. Now, um, I'm going to go through what's called Alt 2, which is interesting, which I did not um, recall. And, and here's what it describes. In the original history, the Romans found a Klingon ship in Y-162 that had crashed into an asteroid at least 100 years earlier. While the wreck was over 100 years old, it was not a 100-year-old design. Instead, it was a relatively modern ship when they checked the, the records, checked all the records around the time it likely appeared, they discovered there were prospecting activity in, in the system just a couple years after it had crashed. But the expedition at the time thought they detected Dendarian activity, probably the ship, and decided to leave. Had they felt the fo force to leave, and had, had they not felt forced to leave, the Romans might have found this ship much closer when it crashed and gained amazing resource. And so the and this alternate history, what it's going for is something which is really interesting, where basically the, the Romulan's prospecting team finds that lost ship, which was sent through some kind of time warp that, you know, from um, like, uh, it doesn't say what year. No, no, it was an F4. So it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a hundred years old. I mean, at that point, I mean, um, it wasn't here hundred years ahead of time. I think, uh, I forgot when the F4, I think F4, is that a middle years, I think. Um, but the, you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know Tim, they, they recovered an F4. The remaining, basically the remaining hull included the engineering section, warp engines, the rear weapons, the shuttle bay, and the transporters. The, the beginning, the, the boom section was completely mangled beyond recognition. Um, and the shuttles and drones were all missing, apparently used in some fight that happened before the ship met its end. And the computers appeared to be have been completely wiped, so no logs or other information were available. The crew in the surviving hull section were present, but all dead. Uh, apparently, prior to crashing into to the asteroid, the bodies of the crew appeared to have starved to death, although there was no indication of an internal conflict. The ROMs recovered the, the surviving portion of the wreck and quickly set to work learning the technology of these unknown aliens. Now, obviously, mentioning that, that the, that the crew appeared to starve to death, that's why my, my guess is why the computers were completely wiped. You know, because they didn't—they did not want um, any um, foreign force that comes around and finds them to find the the, the any um, ta any tactical or strategic information that might be useful, you know, against them. Now, um, this is saying in Y one seventy five. I'm sorry, Y seventy five. That the Romans built a warp powered fleet. And this is because they, they found it in Y65. And in 75, they start making their um, uh, the WTech designs. You know, uh, okay, the Romans launched a series of Y-Tech designs 
has a technology that recovered from the wreck, allowing them to completely skip the W tech designs. However, the plasma technology was completely unchanged so that while they had a faster and more capable ships, they still only had bolt only plasma. I did not remember this from the um, from the Y module, which is basically um, they had they had the the missiles, but but the plasma they could bolt the the plasma. They didn't actually have the ability to launch it yet. Um, on the other hand, they had what's called transporter three. They mentioned the difference of transporter three and tractor. So and that, for us, that means um, the range factor. You know, in this case, um, they had transporter three. You know, range range three technology decades ahead of any, but although that tractor technology was still tractor tractor one. Despite this head start, they did, still did not advance to Y M Y tech designs more quickly than in Alt One history. Um, and Y seventy six says the Klingons made contact with the Romans. The Romans immediately recognized that the, where the wreck came from and be careful not to spill their secret. They applied the Klingon representatives with questions on their technology capabilities. The Klingons were not foolish enough to provide anything that was usable to unlock any further secrets of the wreck. But what they did say showed the Romans that the wreck was even more capable than what the, the Klingons currently had. So obviously, um, the wreck was from history, which was after Y-176. And I don't know off the top of my head when the F-4 became available, you know. And, and finally, Y-88, Y-88 they're seeking plasma. Um, they get the seeking plasma. And it mentions here that, okay, from this point, Alt-2 effectively merges with Alt-1 and unfolds the same. While these Romans do have long-range transporters years ahead of anyone else, this does cause some issues for their opponents. It is not a big enough advantage um, to substantially change the history despite having more success in the third Gorn-Romulan War. The, the Gorns still have, are able to push the Romans back to the original borders. Now, um, okay, is this the one? Okay, this, yeah, this one. Okay, all three. To me, all three is actually the most, one of the more interesting um, alternate history. And that is, what, it's, it's a juxtaposition. And that is, imagine that in, when Surak, you know, it just mentions here that, okay, um, as some unknown date in a distant past, a philosophical and political leader named Surak taught a philosophy of emotional repression and that the supremacy of logical thinking. In the original history, and every old history that has been presented except this one, Surak's philosophy and political movement gained such power and influence that it completely reshaped Vulcan society. Those who rejected the philosophy tried to fight the changes in Vulcan society, but in the end lost. Those few that were not able to or willing to adopt chose to flee Vulcan entirely and tried to find a new home among the stars. These refugees, the ones that survived the trip, became Romulans. Um, now, in this alternative history, what it is, is it switches it. Instead of the Vulcans that stayed 
that you know the the the, the change that Surak uh, convincing convinced the society to do, or at least in the case Vulcan society to take take upon itself. Okay, the, that's what we want. It's opposite. Most of society of Vulcan society um, actually ignores it now. Um, in the new timeline, this is what this is what it says: the death of Surak. Early in the rise of Surak's movement, he suddenly dies. While many claim it to be an act of malevolence, nothing was proven, and it was just likely had had been an accident or even natural causes. Regardless, Surak died in the beginning of the nascent movement, um, and therefore the followers of Surak were small. And so in that case, um, the Vulcans that stayed didn't have, they're called now, the new direction is called the warlike Vulcan society. Um, decided, you know, it says, I think they, they got this wrong. Uh, Okay, no, okay, would not adopt um, to the new direction of warlike Vulcan society. And so that the they call them logic Romulans. And the logic Romulans, they're the ones that basically have the um, philosophy of logical thinking and, and, and suppression of emotion. And those are the, those are those are refugees that actually go head towards the stars. So in this alternate history, that's what happens, which makes things really interesting, because of instead of okay, a couple of things happen. One, the Logic Romulan Foundation is is created. Um, there, they don't explore much at the beginning. Now. The warlike Vulcans discover still the warlike Vulcan the, the Vulcans still discover Terra, but they're warlike Vulcans, and said they okay um, they began subtle manipulation of the societies in Terra to make them more consistent with the warlike Vulcan philosophy. The warlike Vulcans also interact with other worlds in the media. They would include Andor and Rigel. Um, and that, that's after, uh, at minus y, that's minus y150, minus y100, that's when the logical Romulans in Romulus um, did some more expand, did some expansion. And the one thing they were shocked to find was that there basically was nothing around Romulus. Um, uh, and the, the, so they said, despite finally starting to expand, they did so only very slowly because oh, there was nothing close by. Um, and then there was the first contact with humans and the warlike Vulcans. The humans developed a non-tactical warp and were greeted by the warlike Vulcans for the for the first time. Uh, the warlike Vulcans admitted that they were, had observed humans for 150 years, but had kept away until the Vulcans were likely to be useful. However, by this point. The humans knew the truth and were ready to take the advantage of this. Regardless, the warlike Vulcan manipulations had been quite successful, and the human side was organized much 
very much like the current warlike Vulcans, with a similar system of corporations and planetary emperor and senate. And and four, three years later, in Y1, Y4, foundation of the Federal Imperium. So it's not a federation, federation it's an imperium. The warlike, um, mentioned here, the warlike Vulcans ended up making a serious miscalculation with the humans of Terra. They were trying to make the humans fit more like warlike Vulcan society. Unfortunately, for the warlike Vulcans, the humans adopted too well. Once they burst into the interstellar scene, the humans immediately started to throw their weight around and organized the new federal imperium. As they used a very egalitarian approach, unlike the warlike Vulcans' arrogance and aloofness, they were able to pull other worlds to their banner very quickly. The initial size involved were the Terrans, Alpha Centurions, Endorians, Rigelians, and, and reluctantly the warlike Vulcans. The warlike Vulcans had reservations about joining the Imperium, but realized that this was the reality they were living in. And while the humans have outplayed them to start with, the warlike Vultans were the experts and they would be able to co-opt the Imperium in short order. Um, well, they never did take over. They still exerted enough power and influence that they were content with their position. Um, right. Uh, now, this is, okay, this is where things go a little weird. And more to my mind, a little bit more interesting. Okay, talking about you know the first Goran Pervin uh, contact, you know, and so forth. Um, but the warlike violence recorded direction of the refugees. Okay, this is in Y forty. It's called the First Imperium Romulan War Begins. <laughs> it's kind of kind of a war, kind of not. Uh, Whatever. The warlike uh, Vulcans recorded the direction of the refugees and had gone while the warlike Vulcans had promised to let the logical, the logic Vulcans, later the logic Romulans, leave in peace. Certain factions of the warlike Vulcans were perpetually interested in finding the logic Vulcans again and reintegrating them by force if needed, need be. Um, but war began when the expanding Imperium finally made contact with the logic Romulan Republic. The two sides never met face to face, and as a result, the parent did not recognize the logic Romans were the long lost logic Vulcan refugees. The logic Romans did not warn the Gorns, did warn the Gorns of this new hostile element and did not ask for help as the logic Romans were confident they would need it. Um, the Orientals joined the, the Imperium instead of, you know, okay. And then in the First Imperium War and said, yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, the Imperium you know, had received a s much stiffer opposition than they expected, and the logic rounds would make gains as they pushed back hard against the new and surprising aggressive enemy. Um, so, and then you know, the first tactical warp cruisers launched by the Federal Imperium. Um, and then the then the and that was why it's sixty two and then why sixty six the logic Romans developed tactical warp so they do it earlier now 
Um, I'm not going to go through this completely. But um, what's interesting here is one that the, the Romulans are never, um, never at odds with the Gorns. It's really, that's one of the fascinating parts is that uh, through this whole thing, the Romulans and the Gorns are actually good buddies. You know, they, they share, um, they share technology and are, and are you know, the, the Romans are even willing to give the Gorns like Marlar technology, which the actually the Gorns actually end up using, and also say, Oh, here's we have a cloaking device. How about this? And they went, ah, nah, we don't we don't need a cloaking device. Well, I think we'll we'll be fine without it. Um, so the Gorns had the option, if they wanted to, to have cloaking technology, but they decide, nah. We don't need it. But the thing is, the, the um, Romans are always in conflict with the Imperium. So they basically use the Gorns as, as allies. Now, one of the things that does happen, uh, where is it? Dun, dun, dun. Um, which was later on <coughs> what happens is that the start of the general war okay here's the start of general war is a little bit different now the war started as it did in the original history with an attack on the Lyrans by the Lyrans on the Zindias and the Klingons quickly joined the attack this war however quickly diverged from the original history as the Imperium attacked both the Klingons and the Klingons. Over the next few years, all the powers became involved in the general war. The Klingons pulled in the Lydic Romulans, who pulled in the Gorns. The hydrogen seeing weakness of the Klingons attacked the Klingons rather than the Lyrans. Now, quite busy with their own conflicts, the Klingons pulled back from the Zinni conflict in order to fight off the Imperium and the Hydrans. And the Zinni's still fighting the Lyrans and the Imperium reciprocated by effectively ceased hostilities with the Klingons and the IC waited out the war attempting to pacify the other powers as they did in the original history. So that part is a little um, a little different there. The, I forget, does this come up? I'm just mentioned, I was looking at the Paravia versus the Sun Snake. And I, uh, right, it's a, it's a little, is this a little different? Okay, yeah. Um, this, in this, also in history where you have the Logic Romulans, Paravia is a little different. Um, it, it says here, okay, this is why 194 in this weird Logic Romulans, also in history, so in the nine years since the blockade of the Pravian home, home system, the Pravian refugees were divided over what they should do. Some wanted to flee the region completely, some wanted to build a new empire, but most wanted to free their own home, home world. After much debate, the first group left, eventually migrating to Omega, 
but the, the other two groups tried to free their homeland, homeworld. Unfortunately, when the Liberation Force arrived at the homeworld, it was just in time to see the Sun Snake dive into their sun. In the hours they had, until the Nova reached the world, they rushed into the planet and transported as many people as they could. They did so indiscriminately at, for as long as they had, while some of their ships viciously attacked the Gorn ships present, wiping them out. Then the Paravians fled before the Gorn reinforcements or the Nova could arrive, while these additional civilian reinforcements for their tiny colonies, they established a survival population base at Gladers. Um, the Paravians kept their population stable by destroying surplus eggs with a need to rebuild the population. Entire clutches were allowed to hatch. And the Paravians then fled to their colonies and hid while they tried to figure out what to do. So basically, um, the planet was destroyed, but a lot of people were saved in this alternate history. Um, because, because of, you know, the Gordons blockaded them, but they weren't as voracious about um, it. And of course, since the, the Paravians were able to save more, more people, they weren't just going off and trying to attack the, the Gorns at all costs. Um, and then, then there's different alternate histories also added here, which is one Gorns versus the Sun Snakes. This alternate history starts with a scenario outlined in capsule number 28. And the Sun Snake that destroyed the Paravian's home sun never made it that far. Instead, it was attracted by the son of Gadar One, and due to the fleet disposition at that point in time made it to the sun causing it to go nova and destroy everything in the system the result was that the utter destruction of the gorn's confederation in y84 and despair of surviving gorns over the seen years some of those gorns fled into Roman space while some houses killed or rejected the gorn refugees many did not these houses put their new gorn subjects to work resulting in Rom's gaining access to warp drive. Their alternate, their first warp power ships started appearing in Y90. In this alternate history, the Romans gained access to Y uh, ships in Y90. Okay, that mentioned okay, after the Treatise of Mirma, the Romans used the ships consistent with the original history, including the Kestrel ships. But there were no um, K-Tech ships and the eventual adoption of the Hawk series of ships. Um, so in, in, the, in this alternate history, basically the Gorns are the ones that lose their their home, their home worlds to the Sun Snake. Which again, is, is an interesting one where basically the Gorn Confederation it just disappears. Which in my mind um, makes me wonder if the Romulans at that point took over any Gorn territory that was originally Gorn, part of the Gorn Confederation. And so the Romulan territory was actually larger than it originally was. Because that's one thing that's not mentioned here, but I would assume that would be the case because of some of the Gorns, you know, as I said, um, fled into Romulan space during during that. Um, and somebody tells, from the sounds of it, the Gorns weren't uh, as much of a power. I'm not sure. It doesn't mention here what happened with the other Gorns that didn't flee to Romulan space, you know, um, and so forth. And then 
the one last one is just the rise of the Pravians, which is always in history. It's, it's already mentioned previously. Um, it's as I said, I I, I think the this last one, not the, one, the next last one, uh, alternate number three, I think it is. Give me a sec. Yeah, alternate number three, the the reflection Romulans. I think this one's the most interesting, just because of you see such a change in the history because of that because of instead that you instead of the the federation sorry the terra being guided by this logical vulcan um presence and going you know it's better is it's it's better if you don't try to force these people using strength and try to more um, bring bring people together in a coalition, you know, and have a create a federation of planets, and who all work together for the greater good. In this case, you know, when it comes to warlike Vulcans, they go, "No, you're out for yourselves," and use you know, and use that power that since you're stronger than them, you can say, "Join us or die." And they go, we'll join you. Um, and, you know, in, in this case, the Romulans aren't this aggressive race or aggressive empire. Sorry, Gene. Um, this aggressive empire. And they work with the Gorns and build a coalition with them. And the Imperium is attacking the Gorn. The attacking the Romans, I don't, I did not see. I'm just wondering. Let's give me one sec here. Nope. I don't see anything here. I mentioned on this alternate timeline um, that the Gorns actually went to war with the Imperium, I mean, outside of the general war. Uh, okay, wait a here's mentioned, okay, they had the first contact, the Imperium started probing past the declared border because um, the Imperium um, declares a border in, in Y-102 and says, okay, this is our border, and that's kind of more of a suggestion. They're not going to stick to it. Um, the Imperium started probing past the declared border and was stunned to find a fully established line of bases and entire unknown empire while the initial contact resulted in shooting battle both sides choose not to escalate the issue so basically the imperium finds the gorns and, and they go i think we shouldn't attack these these guys because it looks like they are already set up for defenses and that's because i i i, I don't remember but i'm i feel pretty confident in saying that I think what what happened was that the Romulans, the Romulans were telling the Gorns all about the Imperium and going, you know, you probably should set up bases on your border too to protect yourself from if the, if the Imperium decides to, you know, um, to try to increase it. And now I, I know one thing that is mentioned in this is that 
I thought I knew where it is, and it's not here. Um, okay, but I'm pretty sure I mentioned that basically the Gorns set up home bases right outside of the border declaration of the Imperium. And so in that case, that's, you know, okay, we're, we're, we're in the legal boundary. And as I mentioned before, um, this is what it says, uh, the, uh, here's, okay, the rectify this. The Imperium declared a board that was 4,750 parsecs from the center of the primary member zone, i.e., Tarot. Um, but even so, the Imperium neighbors interpreted this as Imperium stating that this was to be a permanent border. This interpreting was not correct. Instead, this was the Imperium's starting point for later expansion. It would take a few decades for everyone to discover this mistake. In the interim, this ended up being a net benefit of the Romulans as it meant the border skirmishes that had per persisted since the end of the Second Imperial War uh, finally ended. Um, so, you know, that's when the Gorns, they, the Imperial declared the border, border, the Gorns said, okay, then we're going to set up bases right outside the border you know, and say, okay, this is, you know, this is where, where we're going to be. You know, this, this, this is our, our territory. Since you declared yours is, is this spot. Okay. Everything up to that, that's us. That's ours. Um, I'm not sure how the Gorns and the Romans came up with their border. Cause I don't think that's mentioned. Um, that's one of those, my, in my mind, that's just one of those minor details that gets, got worked out between them and it's not really relevant to the history of of it the main point oh also one thing i forgot to mention and that's the rogelian refugees a large part of the rogelians still refused to submit to the imperium and they they viewed the fractured fleet as a check on the imperium's ambitions and feared that a unified focus fleet in other words forcing the rogelians to to be part of the Imperium's fleet um, would end up with unending warfare rather than fight. They chose to flee, not unlike the logic Vulcans. A few others from the other member planets also joined the immigration. They fled at the end of the turmoil, pause and unification when they knew they were going to lose the argument. But while the confusion still reigned, allowed them to leave undetected by the time the Imperium discovered that they were left, the trail had gone cold. No one was sure where they went. Now, later on, what happens is the actually the Romulans, they find these guys and go, wait a minute, why are you here? You're you're in our you're in our territory. Um but they convince they basically they join the um the Federation no, Join the the um the logic Romulans and and become like subjects of that empire. They willingly submit to it. it's like okay we'll join you. <laughs> you guys look seem like you're the good guys so we'll, we'll join you. Um, so which is interesting. 
And I said, I said, I said, I find this one the most interesting of, of all of them. And I definitely, again, I will recommend this module, module R4J. Um, definitely purchase it, you know, go to the e-tailers, you know, Warehouse 23, Working Vault, Drive-Thru RPG. Buy it there. If you want to, feel free to buy an actual paper version, you know, you know, you know made from trees, you know, that kind of thing. Which is for those people, I, I, and I'm sure people who've listened to me for a while realize this is true, which is I will definitely not denigrate anyone who wants to buy physical copies of books because Lord knows I've got quite a few physical box, copies of books and I'm not in the whole, you know, let's save all the trees, you know, um, because I've, Maybe just because the way I grew up, but there are some things that I feel like you really need have hard copy for, you know, in your hands reading versus electronics. Because in some cases, I think I don't really remember the electronics the version of the books as well, and I'm not sure why. And because it's not like I'm using I'm reading everything on my on my computer on my iPad. I'm using these e-ink readers, so it's not um direct light in my eyes it's more effusive it's more of you know the light that's that's bouncing you know from around on here you know so it's e-ink you know so i'm not sure why that's the case it just is this is it seems like to me I, I i might be wrong in my remembrance of that but also in some cases i really feel like you need to have a physical copy of the book and as I mentioned multiple times, and that is, I always feel like hard copies of books are fan of the best form that you can actually have with you for learning a, a game. The electronic version is the best thing you can have when you're playing the game, where you actually can do searches through that ebook to find some obscure rule or or okay because come on those of you who played SFB you know how it was back in the day before the advent of computers before they actually had electronic form of the rules where you would have to do the whole guessing game okay phasers okay <laughs> okay okay firing a disruptor through an ESG field. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's check the disruptor first. Okay. Okay. Any interactions? Uh, no. Um, ESG. Um, uh, oh, okay. Nothing there. Okay. Then I think we're good. Is there any other possible rule that might be an effect that could affect it? I don't know. You know, things like that where you could, it, you might have to look at three or four different spots. To find a rule when it comes to a certain interaction, you know, because you know, you have pets where okay, you, you have a, it limits when when you can fire if you if, if this happens or that happens, you know, it's 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 hard. It, I'm, I'm I'm coming up with really some really bad examples, but there are are those examples where you would be looking, <laughs> you know. Even even you found the 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 section 
Then you have to go find it within the section, which was so. And so you'd spend 15 minutes looking for the rule that says, oh, yeah, you can do exactly what, what you said you could do. You know, um, I think I think we've all, for us who've played the game long enough, before electronic versions, I think you all would agree that, yes, we all had done that. So. Yeah. Well, I think the non-electronic versions, it's more of a tactile thing. It helps your memory with it. Mm-hmm. And it's also, and also, also, hey, Boomer, that's how I grew up, you know. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like the kids that are growing up today that are just totally uh, being weaned on electronics almost exclusively. Yeah. So uh, the, as, uh, there's that. And, yeah. Uh, we had to roll our dice, you know, uphill both ways in the snow. So <laughs> right. Uh, but as yeah. I, I mentioned, Doug, I'm I, I'm not sure if I mentioned it to you. I know I've mentioned it on the podcast multiple times, and anyone's listened to me long enough can attest. And that is, I feel encouraged. When it comes to board games and the next generation coming up, you know, the ones that are in their 20s. And that is mm-hmm. that I feel, I feel some um, hope when it comes to games, you know, that, that all the games are not going to be just purely electronic games. The, the kids still, these kids these days, you know, <laughs> get off my lawn um but the the the, the young young adults and, and I agree even teenagers they're still interested in physical copies of games and playing it you know on a, on a table with a board with you know these different counters or pieces or whatever to play the game instead of having completely electronic yes there's essentially a resurgence in it because the, the thing is, from a totally different standpoint, if you think about it, board gaming in general, tabletop gaming in general, it, it evolved into a successful thing from, you know, nearly scratch 150 odd years ago, 120 odd years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just something that evolved over time. And then, you have this point where electronic games, you know, hit with a big, huge splash and took a lot of people away from the face-to-face kind of gaming. But that particular splash isn't a permanent thing. Like a lot of, it's like, you know, the rock hit the pond, the water hit you, but it's going back into the pond, so to speak. And, you know, the reason it was popular is that people are social critters. And, you know, and a lot of the electronic gaming, even if you're in an MMO or PG, isn't always that social. And, you know, people like to hang out with their friends. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of basically it, or meet new people in person. The concept, huh? Oh, agreed. So, agreed. Yeah. And it's, it's it's coming back mm-hmm. yeah and it's uh little little wars tv was uh doing some you know interviews and convention stuff and they were asking the why why are we in a graying you know field with their wargaming stuff 
And, you know, in one of their various videos on it, they, they have a thing where they're actually showing that there are a lot of younger people coming into um, their particular part of the gaming community. So, yeah, it's just one of those things. Mm-hmm. I, I encourage people to come out and do stuff like that. And quite frankly, it's, it's, it's a form, function following form kind of thing, in my opinion. Oh, speaking of which, uh, yeah, Gamers and Winners about seven weeks away. Yep, getting I, down to six weeks away. Yeah, and, and I will be working on that. <laughs> working on, on, yeah, the, on, and, uh, on the event. I, I mentioned to... I mentioned to Mr. Barry that uh, we were talking about the possibility of a tournament for SFB there. Mm-hmm. And, and um, that's kind of basically that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah, and I, I, meant, I actually yeah, talked to him earlier this week about, uh, about said thing. And I, I told him, which I'm going to tell you, which is um, at least this past week, it was like, okay, that's way low on my priority list on focusing on that um because i had other definitely other things that are more more definitely have been more of my focus um including things like oh having so that my daughter actually has insurance health insurance you know things like that (laughs) you know oh yeah that take to my mind taking up my brain space but um yeah i i definitely will, will be looking into that obviously i know the, the the key there is going to be um um advertisement you know getting out the word uh, encouraging people to come and and play and so forth even if it's a even if it's a small tournament like eight people that would be fantastic if we could if we can get eight people you know um mm-hmm. obviously more the merrier is always the is, is, is always the thing but um you know, even eight eight people, we could, we could actually have a tournament with eight people. You know. Oh, absolutely. And we we could get through it in two days. You know, because if we got eight people, what what we could easily do is we do um, single, you know, uh, a bracket tournament. And if, if people want to, we, after they get they can done, they can they can play again against some one one of the losers, or maybe set up um, a Swiss. Um, tournament, you know, where you have, you know, mm-hmm. where that, okay, if you lose in the first round, then you go into the loser's bracket. And then you can then play against that, that those people in the loser's bracket, which make up, you know, the, the matchups. And then at the very end, the, the person from the winner's bracket plays the person from the loser's bracket. And then and they they play for the for the the championship. Mm-hmm. So it allows, at the very least, it takes two losses to be kicked out of the tournament. You know, when it comes to, okay. the, to the beginning. So you know, it's, it's as I said, it's it's an inter- it's a, I like Swiss in that in that category. Um, and you know, so if. if people want to do that i'd be happy to run it as a swiss you know so then the guarantees that they won't be knocked if they're knocked out of the first round they still have other they can still play at least a second game at the very least if not played more so so, okay 
with that, okay. I think we, we will wrap it up for this evening. My dear, good Doug, you have a good night. Thanks, you too. Thanks for having me on. Always happy to have you here. So, went through a quick, <laughs> an hour long review of the module R4J. Obviously, I didn't go in great detail because it would have been another three or four hours. And I think then there would be no reason for you to actually um, buy the module. But again, um, I, I think I, as I pointed out, I, I think that I've really enjoyed alternate history three, where the Romulans are no longer the, the Romulans, the Romulans are the Vulcans. And the Vulcans are the ones who actually take over that, 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 that vastness of space and actually become like friends to the Gorns. And the, the Federation is now the Federal Imperium. So they're kind of like the, the bad guys to a certain degree. It makes it, you know, they're more aggressive in, in their nature. Um, so it makes definitely the, the general war. Obviously, I think the general war would definitely turn out a little bit differently. It'd be, to me, the interesting part about that would be how that how would that affect the the Andromedan War at all? With everything you know, with the IC and the Andromedans, would that still go the same way? Um, because one thing I think that's I think ADB is kind of pointing towards that, just because of obviously the last line that it mentioned about the general war. The IC just just wait is waiting it out. Also, um, they seem to think that those kind of forces, you know, like on the um, on the other other alternate histories, I think it's uh, the second, I think it is, history, um, where the Romulans actually got te warp technology earlier, where they just said, you know, everything resulted in the same, but it's just that there were more bodies lying around, basically. Um, so, and that, that being the case, you know, this makes me feel like the ADB thinks that history would not have been changed all that much when it comes to if just the Romans just got the warp technology earlier, you know. But, but also, the, one of the great things about the module is that it tells you, okay, if you want to play out this alternate history, here's what you do. Um, and I would definitely... I, I would get it, and if you want to play some play some scenarios, especially with the the y, the W Tech and the Y Tech and the maybe the M Y Tech um, ships that are you know the alternates of what they are, you know, modify things slightly according to you know that alternate history, which would be interesting, but because some, part of that would be that in the one the one the alternate history, I uh, I'm just gonna do a little quick check. And that is, I don't think, okay, yeah, it, it, it talks about the effects on the other ones. You know, things like um, for the uh, the the third alternate history where you have the Federal Imperium, the Federation decides that, okay, no, they're going to use PFs. They didn't have the third way, no SWACs, no Phaser Gs. Um, and it 
talks about some of the minor modifications to things of what would happen in that case. But anyhow, with that, I am Paul Franz, and I bid you a good night.